0: welcome to nude radio with your host kenny heflin and how's it going (laughs) how's your week how's your weekend looking you know how was last week how did you like last week's episode
1: make sure to let me know y'all know how y'all can reach me right Well, If you are new to listening to Nude Radio, let me
0: be the first to tell you. Make sure to follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at NudeRadio101. And if you want to connect with me personally, of course, slide in my DMs respectfully on Instagram
1: at Kenny Eflin. So... Child, let me tell you, I, who the fuck would have thought the Rona done got me after us,
0: oh, I'm sorry. I can only laugh at my
1: pain at this point and really just give up, you know, nothing but just the ones that we've had to lose.
0: Because of this terrible, terrible virus and everyone who's out there still battling it, including myself. Uh yeah. It's it's interesting to say the least, but I remember I thought I was like, well, as long as I can make it out of twenty twenty without getting a Rona, and then I did, and then I almost made it out of twenty twenty one. But here we are. That means uh, no family time for me for Christmas, unfortunately. So, yeah, not too happy about that. But I am happy to share uh, some things I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of self realization, a lot of unpacking from my end. And then also just tracking the development of just change. And this one topic that we're gonna talk about today is based off of something that my little sister actually introduced me to back in 2019. And I remember I took a quiz and everything and got like the whole like results and whatnot. And uh, I hadn't revisited this particular topic. Until maybe about two weeks ago, because like I said, I've been on a been on a journey, you know, trying to figure things out, trying to make myself a better version of myself, which I think that we all should strive for that. Can y'all promise me after y'all listen to these things that we're going to talk about today that you're going to research it? Listen to the episode however many times you need, because I will give examples and we'll have like some points where I'll go into story time and stuff, because I know y'all love story time. So let's get into it. Have you ever heard of attachment styles before? Hmm. See, I feel like I heard about attachment styles before, and then my sister introduced me to it, and then I kind of like lost track of it and then I revisited the topic again, like I said about eh, two weeks ago, or something like that, maybe almost three weeks, but definitely two weeks ago so basically, um, just to get into it, you know, so do you know like why some people may come off as being very? To themselves or unattached in their relationships, or uh, while some people may come off as being very present, um, sometimes uh, people call them uh, clingy or they may need like validation from their partners, or that uh, there's people who, you know, have like certain childhood traumas that
1: are usually the root of these. Well, we're going to get into it. It's an attachment style. So
0: generally speaking, a person's attachment style is usually um, it's usually like a specific way that people identify in their relationships. So according to any type of theory circled around attachment styles, uh, people would tend to... Um, show up in their relationships, however ways, you know, like I say, like probably just feeling secure, uh, sometimes feeling a little bit distant or in some ways, you know, feeling as if they're clingy or needy. And the first uh, person to bring this up and create this theory was a psychologist by the name of Mary Amesworth and also uh, psychiatrist John Bospley back in the 1950s. So this has been around for a minute. And really what is uh, supposed to be theorized is that our attachment styles are usually developed in our early childhood, just like pretty much everything else, right? That's one thing I remember learning from my psychology professor back in school, is that everything stems from childhood, now, of course, I'll have a few different things that I have learned about myself that I'll unpack and, you know, kind of see if I can like relate it to a particular attachment style because everything doesn't and everything's not going to completely connect, but I'll describe them all. I'll list them all. And like I say, we'll have some story time, y'all. So yes, yes, let's get
1: into it. So we have the four attachment styles. Number one, being what is called the secure attachment. So
0: secure attachment style people are usually the ones who have the ability of being what? Secure. They have, you know, loving relationships with themselves, loving relationships with others, they are great managers of their time and space, and especially that includes with you know their romantic partner. So with um, securely attachment style people, these people are usually the ones who can love, they can accept love. you know, they don't feel as if they are unworthy, they don't feel as if they're unloved, and they don't have a problem showing love. And that's with uh, their physical actions and then also like their words of affirmation. So it's just like one of those things where you think about it like they're not afraid of intimacy and affection. Um, They don't feel as if, you know, they're being picked apart if they get too much affection from a partner or if uh, a topic is too heavy for them. You know, these are secure attachment style people. And it really depends on it because about what's been said is about 56% of adults have uh, secure attachment styles. So that just goes in hand where it's like, okay, well, at least most of us are secure. (laughs) So it's hope. It's hope that you can get someone who is able to show love and to receive love and to, again, feel. The affection to give it. I mean, everything with a secure attachment style individual is going to be reciprocal. So that's another thing to remember. So have you ever been a particular uh, securely attachment style person? Or have you ever dated someone who's a secure attachment style?
1: Hmm, I wonder.
0: Yeah, well, definitely take some time to, again, listen to what we're having our chat about today, and there's a few quizzes. I guess I can, I'll probably like put like a, or shout out like a link or something like that. But there's a bunch of attachment style quizzes that you can take to figure out exactly which attachment style you fall under. And also before I get into number two, these what I've learned is that the attachment styles are fluid, they do happen to change depending on your partner's will. So that's something that I've learned. Uh, It doesn't happen all the time, but at the same time, it can happen. So, yeah. All right. So let's get into number two. So anxious attachment. So anxious attachment style individuals have uh, a form of insecurity You know, they have uh, they tend to have like a deep fear of abandonment and being lonely. Uh, These individuals tend to not like their uh, space to be just unoccupied, like they need people around. They need uh, a crowd around most times or to feel I mean, because these are ways that they feel as if they're appreciated or loved. And then you have, you know, the fact that anxiously attached people uh, will be, again, very insecure about their relationships. You know, they would tend to worry about, you know, if their partner is actually in love with them, if their partner actually cares, if, you know, their partner is pulling away you know it's it's very interesting how it works with an anxious attachment style because it it literally is you have anxiety around your relationship because something
1: happened where your partner may have went distant went went ghost uh went needed some space
0: uh let's see showed you a bunch of attention and then stopped it, but they're still with you. I mean, it gets very confusing because with a, a anxious attachment style, they look at things as being like mixed signals sometimes. So uh, one of the big thing is that, you know, they're they're hungry for like that validation and reaffirmation from their partner, because, again, they don't know for sure if their partner's actually really that into them or. If everything's fine, it's just their partner is displaying something new for whatever reason. But that would literally send an anxious attachment style individual into a whirlwind.
1: So that's not fun. That's not fun at all.
0: There also is a very dark side to anxious attachment style individuals um, because a lot of times they can be Associated with being, you know, clingy or needy. Um, you know, again, because they get very anxious. Um, you know, say, for example, like their partners don't text back fast enough or call them back, or I mean, literally things like that can send an anxious attachment style into a whirlwind of anxiety and emotions. And in reality, there can be so many different reasons why the partner isn't texting back or the partner isn't calling back. And it doesn't have to be rooted in anything malicious. It doesn't have to be rooted in anything intentional. But when you're talking to someone who's anxious, they can't really, they can't decipher which one is what. So, That's something that we have to also like remember. And then also just a a note that uh, going back to some of the dark side of things. So people with anxiety in relationships or anxious attachment style individuals, they also can become preoccupied with their partners where they tend to not want to Think about anything else but their partners, you know, their partners, the thing that consumes them every single day, all day long, you know, and that's never a good thing. Right. Because we have to make sure that we can live our own lives. And then also just noting that, you know, anxious attachment style individuals tend to lose themselves in relationships, you know, because, again, they become hyper-focused on their partner and what makes their partner happy. And just to get onto the good side of anxious attachment style individuals, they are very present. They are very attentive. They are very considerate, if not overly considerate, to a fault sometimes. They are very gracious they are very thoughtful or like what I like to call mindful. They're very mindful, right? And it goes neck and neck with the consideration part of it, right? And they're caring. They're caring individuals. And sometimes with anxious attachment style individuals, they just need some, like, I mean, to be honest, they just happen to need Just sometimes, just like reaffirmation, just of "I love you," "I miss you," "I enjoy talking to you tonight," or "Call me when you get home." You know, little things. This is the the little things that can potentially bring down the anxiety in your partner who may have anxious attachment style. Um, But of course, that partner has to. Be able to listen. They have to be able to learn and to compromise if this is a relationship that they want to continue. And like I say, just by offering just little words of affirmation, just to let that anxious attachment style know that everything's fine. I'm here. You're here. I want you here. I love you. I miss you. Can't wait to see you. I mean, the list can go on. It's literally little things that can make all that anxiety go away. But everyone has uh, their own way of expressing themselves, which again, we're going to get into with number three soon. But before I get into number three, of course, we have uh, people underneath the anxious attachment style, which, you know, again, you have the preoccupied attachment, you do have anxious resistant attachments, um, you have. Uh, so many different ones that are kind of, like, underneath the, the, what will I call it, like, the umbrella of anxious attachment styles. So definitely, uh, if you have met someone, if you are an anxious attachment, let me know. Because 19% of adults are anxious attachment styles. So, definitely... Check that out. Of course, we have the quiz that I want you guys to take and everything. So getting into number three, the avoidant attachment. Ooh. So the avoidant attachment style is usually someone, again, of an insecure attachment style. You know, they tend to be coined of having like a fear of intimacy and affection. (gasps) Ooh, (laughs) usually uh, individuals with avoidant attachment styles, they usually have they have a problem with getting close to people. They have a problem with trusting others uh, within relationships or even friendships. They also can feel suffocated when shown too much affection, when shown too much love, when presented with the idea of commitment. They tend to not like to speak about anything in the future or any type of plans with you and them together because they tend to, again, have a fear of commitment. They don't want to feel like this, I'm sure, but at the same time, it is what it is. A lot of uh, avoidant attachment style individuals. Excuse me, a lot of avoidant attachment style individuals will usually maintain some type of distance between them and their partners or even like their friends uh if like avoidant attachments, they tend to be more on the end of the emotionally unavailable side of things when it comes to like their romantic relationships. Have you all ever dealt with those? Ooh God, I know I have, and also they just love to. And prefer, at least, to be independent and just to rely on themselves. So those are some of the key signs of an avoidant attachment style. Avoidant attachments are, uh, again, a tree (laughs) with many branches, just like the anxious attachment style. Because you do have people who are avoidant dismissive. Uh, You have anxious avoidant styles. I mean, the list can go on, child. And also just a note, avoidant attachment styles, they, again, it's a dark side and it's a light side. A lot of the dark side of avoidant attachments is they disappear without any type of notice. You know, they run off. They run away from problems within a relationship. They are not willing to fight for their relationship. They are usually people who would be seen as like lacking courage, especially when conflict arises in their relationships. Avoidance do exactly what their names are. They avoid. And they'll go quiet out of nowhere. And then their partner will be looking for them because, again, This is a relationship, and her partner will say, like, where's my boyfriend or girlfriend or my partner or my husband and wife or my spouse? Like, where are they? What happened? And the avoidance being in their nature, they would run off for whatever reason and try to come back when everything is all clear. And act as if nothing happened. Leaving their partner. Looking at them like. Uh, what the fuck. <laughs> Usually avoidant attachment attachment within reply like. Oh I was going through this
1: and this and this. I'm sorry if they even apologize. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going through some work problems. And I needed some space. And. The other partner's like. Well. You've been gone for a day, or days, or weeks. Ooh, have y'all? Ever, ooh,
0: have y'all ever dealt with an avoidant attachment style before? Ooh, I know I have. Um, I've definitely dealt with an anxious avoidant, which I'll explain like towards the end of the episode. Because, like I say, I've been learning so much about myself y'all oh my god i have been learning so much about myself learning just again like root issues different ways that i can improve how i show up in a relationship with myself and and then of course with someone else right but uh it's been <laughs> it's been humbling <laughs> to say the least and especially since i'm having to self-quarantine for two fucking weeks I have a lot of time to myself. So y'all about to get a lot of material. <laughs> but uh, just to note that there's about 25% of adults who are avoidant attachment styles. So there's more avoidant attachment styles than there are anxious attachment styles. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's why the dating pool be so bad, right? <laughs> That's why we feel like, why is such and such... Why, why do they text me and they disappear? Why do they do all these things to court me? And then once they get me, they drop all the things they did before. And why or why do they need or it's just crazy, right? But we are learning. So. Come on, come on and learn with me, I guess. But uh yeah, let's get into number four. So number four is a fearful avoidant attachment, aka a disorganized attachment. So what I got to learn about the fearful avoidant attachment is that it's a combination of both the anxious and the avoidant attachment style. These people tend to be exactly what they're called, fearful and avoidant, okay? And they're people who crave, they crave intimacy, they crave affection, but then they also want to avoid it at all costs. It's crazy. It's like a being stuck in a rock in a hard place <laughs> to be a fearful avoidant, Lord, and and the thing is, with fearful avoidance, what I got to learn from them is that they usually are, it takes them a a really long time to develop and to really
1: nurture a close relationship romantically, okay, and at the same time, they want to be needed, they want to be
0: loved, (laughs) by others. (laughs) Like do y'all see like how fucked up this is? (laughs) No shade. Just a question. Are y'all a fearful avoidant? AKA a disorganized attachment style? (sighs) (laughs) So really the big thing with with the fearful avoidance, this is probably like the least researched and tested attachment style for many reasons, many reasons being that, you know, how can you really tell what are the signs, what are, uh, key factors that play into being a disorganized, aka fearful, avoidant attachment style? Because it's, what is given is given very hot and cold, very hot and cold. And if you're dating someone who happens to be a fearful avoidant, then you'll see exactly what it's what it's like. You'll get like those hot and cold, those mixed messages, their words would say certain things, but their actions speak louder. Uh, again, they'll need space, but then they also want to be loved. It's like a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. So I do want you guys to take the quiz. I'm going to find a really good quiz and uh, shout it out towards the end of the podcast. But let's get into some story time.
1: Yay.
0: Okay. So I think I mentioned with the psychology aspect of attachment styles, right? So Again, a lot of attachment styles are believed to be developed through
1: your infancy stage. They're usually developed from your uh, adolescence, like your
0: early childhood. I mean, everything, right? So uh, with these, you know, researchers do say that, you know, they happen to be developed within like your first year of life. And then between like your probably like your like five years old, right? So a lot of these tend to be linked to either uh, feeling as if you didn't get enough love, or if you had to feel like you had to do everything by yourself. So with the anxious attachment styles, for example. Researchers tend to theorize that with anxious attachment style individuals that they did not get or feel enough love and affection as a baby or as a child. With avoided attachment styles, researchers theorize that avoided attachment styles got the bare minimum. They had to do things on their own. Uh, Because, again, they had to act independently or else that (laughs) or else nothing was going to happen. Usually those parents are people who go through, I mean, divorces, separations. uh, One of the parents are missing out the child's life. Uh, Let's see. These. uh, These people, they tend to be like, okay, well. Did my parent work a lot? Were they attentive to like my needs? If they weren't, then the child had to pretty much come up with their baby brain or their childhood brain and think like, okay, I need to actually do what I need to do to make myself feel better. Whereas, again, with the anxious attachments, they didn't feel seen. They
1: didn't feel heard. They didn't get enough nurturing. The list can go on. So. I'll get into the
0: fact of my attachment styles. So when I first took the quiz back in like 2019, like I was telling you guys, I remember I found that I was a secure attachment style. So of course I already mentioned uh, what that means. Secure attachment styles are again, people who can show love and to, Give love and it's a full balance they're able to multitask right and I have been a secure attachment style for years and if we're talking about you know my past romantic
1: relationships and whatnot for years I have been relatively very secure but in saying
0: that it is fluid it depends on who you're dating so let's get into the new results. <laughs> In my past relationship, uh, my most recent uh, past relationship now,
1: I felt as if the intimacy and the affection was there. I was someone who was pursued, but
0: at the same time, I did the pursuing once. I got close to the individual, right? So I never like I'm, I've always been the type like I I, I don't go after guys. That's just be honest. That's and that's not to be big hit or anything like that. Like I I just don't go after dudes. But if I'm interested, then of course I'm going to follow suit. And if you show me that you have some type of substance and not just trying to fuck or something like that, then I can kind of try to take you seriously and then of course like I say I'll try to follow up with uh, that mutual interest so I know that uh, in my past you get say for example you get all this uh, this attention and like this uh, individuals being very present they're being very attentive they're being very engaging they're being very complimentary I mean, they're really showing all their cards. So for me, I've always known that I was like a creature of habit. But I guess in my past relationships, I, or at least like my most recent, I felt attached to that individual and what that individual presented. So... At that point, when you, get the, when you get the prize, it's like the hunter and the prey, right? So when the hunter gets uh, the prey or, say, for example, the winner gets the prize and all that stuff, right, then things get fruitful. So it's just like one of those situations where you have to figure out exactly what is needed in that relationship um, to keep it consistent. Because one thing about me, like, I am a very consistent partner. I'm very attentive. I'm very present. And when you have my
1: attention, you got it. And I like to keep that same energy.
0: But then I also love to have that reciprocated. So when you don't feel that you're
1: getting that consistency, when you don't feel that you're getting that reciprocation, then
0: things start to go off in your head. And for once, I never knew, and I think I talked about this in the Love Languages uh, episode, but never have I ever dealt with the, the idea of needing words of affirmation as one of my top love languages like that was like my number. I think that was like my second love language yeah that was never like that was probably I think maybe like I think that was probably like my third like back in the day but the fact that I was uh dating long distance and then the individual that I was dating is like very reserved and like private and there's uh differences you know around like where we're raised and whatnot I think
1: that's when it started to surface, and never have I ever needed to hear, Hey, handsome, or I miss you, or I'm thinking about you,
0: or um, let's see what's something else that would just like feel really nice to hear, I guess um,
1: I guess just like again. Being consistent is like one of the biggest things for me. Um, that's probably like the
0: biggest thing I can really like just cross off (laughs) and just like (laughs) put in big bold letters over anything else. But really, just having like that reaffirmation of the fact that you know, even though behaviors are
1: changing, kind of sorta, because it's not like they just disappeared or nothing like that, but being able to know like okay we're still in it because you start
0: to think like you know is this person still into me is this person still um wanting me like is it did i do something you know uh is there another person i mean the anxiety comes up out of nowhere out of nowhere And I think for me, it was the fact that this was the first time I ever, that I ever threw myself into a long-distance relationship and doing what I needed to do to nurture that long-distance relationship, you know.
1: And I did realize some things. I did realize the fact that having an understanding that the individual did not really talk to, like, their best friends that often, but the fact that they talked to me pretty much every day. Some
0: days we didn't talk on uh, on FaceTime or whatever, but most days we did.
1: So realizing that I was dealing with someone who was different from me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: that person may not have said, oh, I miss you or, oh, I'm thinking about you or, oh, uh,
1: you make me feel so happy or, you know, like little stuff like that. The actions were there.
0: So realizing that in the last two weeks, like I said, I've been doing a lot, (laughs) a lot of unpacking and just literally, I mean, self-realization. Because I realized that there were things that I could have done better, of course, but then also that could have been done for us to both be able to meet each other halfway. You know, because the thing is, it's only a long-distance relationship. You know, all we got is the phone. So let's talk when we can talk. But also being able to learn that with the person that I was dealing with, I feel that that person was more on the avoidant side of the attachment styles, whereas I had became more of the anxious attachment. Did I display everything that I listed off for anxious attachments? No,
1: but did I feel anxious around the fact of I needed to he- I needed to hear? certain things like again like just that i miss you
0: which again if i said it first it was always it was always returned
1: but it really would have meant a lot to hear it come from them first you know that would have been really nice
0: and i remember there was a time where uh the individual did happen to say some really just nice stuff about just, like, how they really enjoy FaceTiming with me every day, and how they felt like that was bringing us closer, just out the blue, and I remember, like, my heart almost exploded, because I was like, oh my god, (laughs) I was just like, what, he said something really sweet without me having to say something first, Oh my god! I almost want to tell you. I almost went fucking crazy. But that's the thing. Like you know, I never got, <laughs> too, <laughs> I never got too bad of, or you know, reached into like the dark side of the anxious attachment. Of course, but I did find that I ranked under anxious attachment styles when I took the quiz again. Like most, like what I think I took it. 2 weeks ago and then I took another one like a few days ago or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting stuff.
1: But I felt that like okay, with the individual I'm in a relationship with, they are an avoidant attachment. But they also didn't display all of the
0: key factors and, like, the descriptions of the avoid attachment that
1: I listed off. How about that? Did they display some? Yes, just like I displayed some anxiousness.
0: But really, I think that, you know, the fact that Again, there's a a difference in how we grew up or where we grew up and stuff, of course. There those are things to take into account.
1: There's the fact that this person is not afraid of intimacy because if whenever we were together, we were very much like up under each other we were always touching
0: each other. His his hand was always on my knee or in the middle of my thigh or something like that. Just, or our legs touching each other, like just connection, right? So when I did describe the key factors and descriptions of an avoidant attachment style, being afraid of intimacy or affection, that was something he wasn't afraid of when we we're together. On the other hand, as far as uh, with avoidance, they, again, they don't like to go deep into like their feelings. They have a hard time like really explaining or really just being able to articulate their their emotions, you know, around a, a lot of times. Like they don't really have the bandwidth to really just say it out loud. They could be feeling it and they may show it through certain actions
1: but at the same time it's just a situation where they don't vocalize it at all if ever it may take a long time you know so also learning
0: that with avoidance that they do need some space sometimes and
1: that's understandable but you know my situation and stuff you know what I've learned is that with our
0: schedules changing and getting pretty busy and stuff, if this relationship is ever to pick back up, um I don't know if it will or anything, but if it is,
1: then we have to be able to we have to be able to set certain boundaries respectfully, of course.
0: Because that way we can both cater to each other's needs, we can both meet each other halfway and give each other the the space,
1: give each other the time and intimacy, you know. We have to give each other just clear boundaries. And it's all through, again, respect.
0: Like, it's nothing dark sided about her anything like that, but there's gonna to have to be a particular schedule around, and there would have to be certain expectations stated, and we both would have to do and people like us will both have to do the work to actually make sure that we are both just happy and that everything's being met so for example, you know this this would be a long distance relationship. it's not like. An in person relationship, more of a traditional relationship, right? Where if I was anxious, then it's like, you never spend time with me. You're always busy. Oh my God, blah, 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 blah.
1: No, it's long distance. So we're on the phone. Call me when you get home. Call me before you go to sleep. That's it. There's different ways of being able to nurture it, but also. On my end, learning exactly
0: what his boundaries are when he probably needs time to recharge, but also letting him know that it's not okay to ever just run off. That's not a great coping mechanism. It doesn't work for any of us. You know, um, the fact that, you know, disappearing when things get tough when there's some type of conflict within your life, whether it involves me or not, that that's not fair. You know, that's not productive to your relationship. It's not productive for you. And it just, it hurts uh, more people than yourself, right? So uh, just being mindful of that, but being able to give some space and having just like a clear understanding, like, okay, well,
1: you know, you busy, I'll call you tomorrow, you know, instead of me expecting to talk to that person
0: that night. It's a lot of stuff, you know, but also that person returning a favor and just letting them know, letting me know, of course, or somebody like me that, uh, hey, I miss you. I was thinking about you today. I hope your day went really well. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Or if they are going through something, hey, babe, you know, I have, like, a lot of stuff on my mind. Things are stressing me out, you know. Um, I just need, like, some space to, like, really get my mind right. And then for me to be able to say, okay, well, thanks for letting me know. Well, how much space do you need? Uh, just let me know how much time you need, and then I'll reach out uh, to you in a day or two. So that both parties are still... Both parties are still involved. Both parties are still there. There's no expectation that's not being met. There's no expectation not being exceeded either, but there's no expectation not being met. So it's a lot that I've been learning, you know, different ways to navigate through an anxious and an avoidant attachment style relationship, which by the way, I got to see a lot of studies that show that anxious attachment and avoided attachments attract each other like magnets. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> it's always a push and pull in this uh, type of relationship.
1: I, I mean, they literally work like magnets. That's crazy. So, one partner needs
0: the reaffirmation. The other partners not really giving much because they need some space or they don't know how to articulate their feelings. And then the other partners like, what the fuck do you not love me? Like what's going on? Are we still together? Like is this what is this? You know, so it's it's very interesting how I've been learning
1: a lot. I've been learning a lot, y'all. And uh like I say, just uh helping myself
0: heal and uh, figure things out, because even looking back on it, and I'll say this, I may have said some insensitive things about my ex before,
1: and were they horrible to date? (laughs) At that time, yes.
0: But in learning these attachment styles, like really doing a ton of research about everything that comes with how we show up in love and how I show up and how many others that I may have dealt with shows up, it opened my
1: eyes. So I have to clear the air. (laughs)
0: In learning all these many different things, right, I now realize <laughs> that my ex, for example, he was not <laughs> he was not a horrible person because he was't he was he was not a horrible person, he was a sweetheart, but I remember, and I've said this on the show, he struggled with past relationship traumas, right. And I remember that our biggest thing was, uh, first off, it was the distance. But then our second biggest factor, like what led to the downfall of the relationship, was the fact that I could never get him to understand that I wanted him, that I desired him that it was safe to be here with me like you know I I could never understand it but I didn't understand it back in 2020 and I'm just now understanding it now it's almost 2022 y'all and I'm just now getting a better understanding of myself but also again the people that I have dealt with um in the past and most recently right so Yes, I could have cut him more slack now, knowing what I know now. As far as the fact that I remember, you know, he would vocalize that, you know, his ex would make him feel as if he was needy or clingy or, uh, and for that reason, he felt that it was a defense mechanism for himself to not just go to, A person's place, you know, he's a flight attendant, so he can be anywhere whenever he wants. So it's just like he never had a problem coming out here. And I always gave him credit for that. I always was so appreciative
1: of the fact that he would, you know, come all the way from New York, all the way to LA. But I just, I remember I couldn't
0: understand for the life of me. I'm like, dude, you got two, three days off, you send me your schedule. First of all, I never asked for your schedule, but you send me your schedule and stuff. Thanks. But okay, come out here. He comes, he stays for like a day and then he would then just like leave and then regret it once he's like either in the air or back home in New York. And I used to be like, what the fuck, (laughs) I used to get so irritated y'all, and he would say, oh I wish I was there, I'm like, well you still could have been what you fucking loved, and he's like, I know, like I need to get better about that, you know, I suffer from anxiety, and I don't want to get kicked out, or all that stuff, or whatever, and I'm like, what is going through your pretty little head to think that, at a moment that we're
1: up under each other, that I now want you to leave like I could never understand that even until most recently I'm telling you I've been learning a lot
0: so in understanding the fact that this
1: was a person who was dealing with anxious and avoidant attachment style wow Because the anxiety would cause him to
0: avoid potential conflict, which was never going to be that, right? I was never going to kick him out. I had plans on a dude
1: staying, if he was off for three days, stay at least two? Shit. Or stay three. So, with the fact that we were long distance, and that was something I was...
0: (laughs) Totally against uh, back in the day until most recently, of course.
1: Uh, the The problem with that was that he never. I guess we just. I never felt
0: comfortable entertaining the idea, because he never gave me enough to work with, because of his what his anxiety, and his avoidance. <laughs> so I could never get close enough. I never felt like I could get as close as I could have to really go fully into this long distance relationship that we had because I never felt comfortable enough because I just felt like, you know, he keeps running away and he keeps avoiding
1: shit that's not going to happen. And I couldn't understand for the life of me. But now that's why I say Every
0: day that we live, we have the opportunity to learn and to evolve. And with the new tools in my toolkit, I now
1: have a better understanding. I now have more empathy for a lot of people. Even most recently, I still have a lot of empathy. And
0: I now know if I would have said certain things, you know, like if I just would have reaffirmed, like, hey, you know,
1: what do you want for lunch today? Or where you want to go tonight together? So that, yeah, we're cuddling,
0: but he's also hearing me ask him questions that will include
1: him. Little things that would have helped ease, if not demolish any type of anxiety that he may have had around the fact that he was here with me.
0: Because there's plenty of times where he just like, he straight up out of, I think like towards the end of the relationship, he, he felt that he had more power if he left early before getting kicked out. Because again, his fear, he had PTSD around the fact that he felt As if, you know, his partner in the past looked at him as being clingy and needy.
1: That's crazy.
0: So me knowing what I know now, it just helps me understand exactly where he's coming from. Since I have now taken a few steps in his shoes. And it's really just as far as the verbal reassurance that makes you feel as if you're still included, that makes you feel as if you are
1: still desired and wanted, you know. It's the romance that isn't able to be handled, you know, physically, but also just the fact that, you know, long distance. So,
0: this was definitely something that I found to be very interesting because, like I said, I have always
1: been the secure attachment. Always. Because let me let me break this down for you.
0: You know, I've never had a, a problem, never had a problem, you know, giving love, showing love, none of that. I've never had a problem with multitasking. I've never, that's never been an issue. I'm able to prioritize everything and everyone that I see as a priority. And it's not an extra task. It doesn't feel as if it's tiresome or anything like that or exhausting.
1: So to be in a position where you are now starting to feel
0: somewhat insecure about your relationship just because you are dealing with a partner who is more of a private person, but then also someone who doesn't really vocalize their feelings or their emotions towards you, or maybe towards anyone, you know, you never
1: know. But the understanding of that, it's like, okay, with the most current guy, it's just like, okay, well, these things can come to a middle ground. You know, they can come to a middle ground. It's long distance. It's just the phone. We can talk literally at night before we go to sleep, something like that. But then also, let's have the,
0: the conversation around what makes us comfortable as far as communication what it makes us comfortable around timing and our schedules and respecting each other's boundaries you know that's
1: something that could be reevaluated within the relationship totally doable totally doable but yeah i mean like i say it's not it's not fair to
0: shell off no Give your partner a heads up, obviously, but that way they know exactly like okay it's we're still good, everything's still fine, I'm gonna support my partner uh and give them some space for about a day or two, and then we're gonna recollect and voila, you know, so it's just things like that, and just again, from their side, making sure to let you know like hey, like I miss you, um I need some space i'm a Talk to you when I, you know, get my head right in a day or two. I love you or
1: I care about you or I mean, little shit. I'll check on you. You know, it's like, well, we
0: may not have a full blown conversation, but I'll send you like a little text message. I care about you or whatever, you know, like little stuff. So that's why I say, like, I've been doing a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, looking inwards, but also taking a step out to always look out towards other people who have been very close to me and just learning new ways to approach partners who are
1: going to be similar in the future and or the most recent partners in our past. So that's what I want you guys to make sure that you
0: listen to these. Um, Obviously, like I said, a lot of the key character traits in the secure, the key character traits in anxious or avoidant or even disorganized, they may not line up all the way, but for the majority of the part, they do. (laughs) They do. So (laughs) because I will tell you this, with the anxious attachment style, I noticed that, you know, they highlight, as far as the researchers theorize, of course, that they highlight the lack of care and attention from their caregivers, aka parents or whoever, right? That was never a problem for me. I'm very close with my parents, extremely close with my parents, have always been extremely close to my parents, and I kind of felt like it was always like in little islands with me and my mom and dad. So I got all the attention I needed from my parents. (laughs) I definitely felt seen and heard and understood to most part, you know, most of you. So when doing all this self-realization, I'm about to get real vulnerable with y'all, but you know, I have no problem doing that. After all of this unpacking, (laughs) I think that my anxiety really came from the fact that
1: there's not a lot of quality for me out here. From what I've seen, as far as male potential romantic partners, it's not
0: a lot of quality. I mean, legit, the bar is set down in hell. (laughs) So it's tons of attractive men out here, and I'm sure they're good at plenty of things. But as far as what I want from out of my partner, aka future husband and all that shit, right? It's not a lot of quality. I don't like a lot of what I see out here. And I recognize that and I'm able to open up space that that has created somewhat of
1: a PTSD trauma effect. In me. And it's like, okay, I'm at a place right now
0: in my life. I've been here, but I'm really at a place right now in my life where I do, in fact, want that romantic connection. I want that romantic partner. I want, you know, someone who will eventually become a husband of mine. The only, because I ain't trying to get divorced, but you know what I mean. And because I don't feel that there's a lack of, that there's a lack of,
1: you know, (laughs) pretty much anything. It's just the fact that it is a lack of quality for me.
0: I can't speak for any of you guys who are listening to the show, but (laughs) (sighs) like I say, the bar is set down down low inhale so just the fact that you know i did feel that most recently that i did find quality uh the person that i was that i was in a relationship with i felt that they showed a lot of the qualities that i would want in a partner you know one day husband and all that stuff right and we talked about that stuff uh before and even though he may be avoidant, he never pushed back because he was the first one that brought up, like, kids and stuff, right? And I had never actually had that conversation with a man before. Quiet as it's kept, I've never had that conversation about, like, a future future with somebody. So I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, are like, we really talking about this? Like, oh, well, okay, shit. Well, I really like you. And um, again,
1: I'm thinking to myself, like, well, here's a quality individual, you know, and none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. He's not perfect. None of our exes are perfect. Nobody's perfect, right? So people make mistakes. And sure, there could have been better Uh, transparency. Sure, there could have been more mindfulness,
0: but in learning about the attachment styles, I have now grown a new level of understanding. Is it an excuse? No. But
1: am I empathetic towards people like him or him individually? Yes, it is. Like, I feel a bit more sensitive. And let me also note this. With
0: avoidant attachments, another thing I learned is that even though they may be avoidant, they are the ones that usually court the individual. And again, because avoidant attachments and anxious attachments match up together like magnets, the avoided attachment is usually the pursuer. And they pretty much set the tone as far as doing pretty much all the things that should be done when you're trying to court someone romantically, right? They pull out all the stops. Not saying that it's a manipulative reason behind it because I don't think that they are conscious of it. But again, it's the hunter and the prey. It's the winner and the prize. Once you get it, then that's when they start to fall back into who they really are. And that's when the anxious or the person who may have been secure starts to become anxious and realizes, like, what is this change in behavior? Why is it that. You were doing X, Y, and Z for the first few months, and now you got me, and you're not doing half of those things, or you are doing those things, but it's not as consistent as it was, and all this stuff, right? So it makes the person become anxious because let me tell you this if you guys are millennials or Gen Z, y'all know that. In our generations, so we have been conditioned to think that, and not to really think, but also just really the reality of it is that when change behavior, when you're hooking up with somebody, when you're talking to somebody, when you are dating someone, when that behavior starts to change, that's usually a sign of the end. <laughs> and it's like it sends you into a whirlwind. Of anxiety
1: because over here and maybe everywhere else on the planet, when the one partner who did all these
0: different things is now doing the minimal and you are now feeling as if you are pulling the weight of the relationship, that you're the one that's in a way out on a ledge by yourself. You know, that's we have all come to the realization that when that behavior changes, that usually means doom because, you know, it can make us feel like, oh, well, shit, like, damn, well, we like this person now and they're not doing X, Y, and Z anymore. Do they still like me? Are they about to break up with me? Are they cheating on me? It's another person. What's like you? Like I say, like these are things that we have gone through as Gen Z's and millennials and maybe generations before us. Right. So that is what prompts that anxiety response. It can turn a secure person who has been wanting and seeking quality in somebody who's not
1: looking to settle. Okay, because I'm
0: not looking to settle but i am able to spot quality whenever it knocks at my door which again does happen often so when everything started to kind of shift i then went into
1: a mode of like oh shit like
0: uh-oh <laughs> uh-oh spaghetti oh <laughs> And that's when, again, it went, what's going on? Let me know that you still are in this, you know. But like I say, like, those are things that we've been conditioned uh, to look at as our reality. Because nine times out of ten, that's usually what it means. But also, it could just mean that, look at this. Everybody literally falls into four of these categories of attachment styles. And we have to know exactly who we're dealing with and how to deal with them and how they can deal with us so that we can all work on ourselves. Because the thing is, you don't want to be anxious. It's not good to be an anxious attachment. Like, it's not fun. I mean, especially if you are more side like. If you're like on the dark side of it, where you're like preoccupied with every like waking thought about your partner, or of course, you know, if you stalking and all that shit, like, you know, no, we don't want, <laughs> the goal is
1: to be not avoiding either. The goal is to be secure. That's the goal. That's the goal for everything that is not secure. Everything underneath is an insecure attachment style. So we got to do the work. But, you know, that's how it goes. It's like this. And the thing is, these things evolve. These attachment styles evolve. But people have to change on their own. It's as simple as that. People have to change on their own. People have to want to be
0: the better versions of themselves for themselves first and foremost. And then that's going to trickle down to your romantic
1: relationship. Are you boyfriends, girlfriends, partners, spouses. Right. So that's one thing that I have... Uh, It's been somewhat of a, I guess, like a somewhat of a saving grace, but it's no excuse. So I should have been able to
0: recognize certain things, and I did, but I think it was just as far as having particular conversations around how do we give and show love how do we give and show love in our past relationships, right? You know, what kind of boyfriends are we or what kind of boyfriends were we in the past, right? So those were conversations that we really didn't get to have and it would have benefited us early on with having a full understanding of how we best show up in love so that the expectations could have been realistic and that everybody was getting either the space that they needed every now and again
1: or the reaffirmation of affection like they may have wanted or, let's see, the understanding that the person may be different from you and not, um, again,
0: cause my big thing was I never wanted to come off as being pushy, you know, and
1: that's why I apologize that if that's the, if that's what I gave, then I apologize, you know, I own up to whatever I did wrong. And maybe one day um, I won't
0: be ignored and I will be able to be spoken to like somebody who actually mattered in that person's life for that amount of time. And that we
1: can have a grown up conversation around what happened or, you know, obviously... The breakup is for the best and the betterment of him, you know? So it's just uh, learning. It's learning. I've been learning. (laughs) I've been learning and giving myself just a
0: lot of grace within the last few weeks. Because I I started this journey, like I say, about two weeks ago. But I've been really heavy on it ever since uh, the breakup started you know, and really just trying to figure out how I can be a better version of myself and how I can be a better version of myself while I'm in a relationship.
1: And the fact that I was able to identify where I could have done a better job as far as being more attentive and understanding and empathetic, and having like the the words to be able to
0: reaffirm, you know, even like my my ex, right,
1: because here it is. This dude was again, he was anxious, and then he would avoid, and it's like he
0: didn't have to avoid anything, but again, because of his anxiety, he didn't know any better. He didn't know which way to go. And I couldn't understand why. So now me having these tools in my toolbox is just like, wow. Like I say, all I could have done in those moments was at least say like, oh, yeah, like, you
1: know, what you want tonight to eat? Where you want to go at? Like, what do you want to go to like a party? Do you want to go to dinner? Want to go to the gym later? That way he would have calmed the fuck down
0: and his anxiety would have went down because, again, he would have felt included in my day. And that would have reassured him that I did not want to kick him out (laughs) because I never want to kick him out and that I wanted him here. So it's just a lot. Like I say, I've been learning so much and like I say, even with the most recent, uh it's just this wouldn't be an issue if this was in person. Because
1: he is very affectionate physically. We both have the same quality, time, and physical touch as our
0: love languages, right? Now again, because I went long distance and because I was dealing with him. Particularly, words of affirmation became my second love language. Again, all of this shit is fluid, depending on whoever you deal with.
1: So, just little things of, like, hearing the, I miss you. I'm thinking about you. You know, staying engaged. Like, stay as engaged as you you were as... I guess, from the early days, just as far as, like, just showing that you care, you know? But, like I say, also, me just looking back on things, it's like, wow, like, you know, was
0: his way of showing that he cared that, you know, we talked all the time? Or was that something that he may not
1: have wanted to do? That's why I say like we have a, a conversation to have uh, one day and I just would like to get a better understanding as if, you know, were
0: were you pleasing and really not wanting to do it or were you really enjoying it? That's why I say it's, it's a lot to learn, but it's a
1: lot to unpack and uh, fix within ourselves and like I said, I never had a problem, you know, being alone. That's like one of my favorite things to do. So that's why I say like I
0: think my issue doesn't necessarily come from the upbringing side of things. It mostly comes from what has now (laughs) become a fear,
1: (laughs) not of being single, not of being lonely, but a fear that I want a particular type of relationship and not (laughs) just any old, you know, Love affair situation. Like,
0: I'm too old to do the situationships. I'm well past that. I'm too old for the, oh, we're going with the flow, bitch. No, what the fuck do you want long term? It don't have to be with me, but what do you want long term? What is it that you actually
1: want and desire? Just being able to have those conversations. (laughs) Because if you don't have a vision, then what the fuck? I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, like, so that's that's why I felt like,
0: OK, well, hmm, we have so many different ways of showing up in this in this thing that we call love. And
1: uh, it's it's just so interesting, y'all. It really is. And. I want there to be, just again, understanding that I've made my mistakes. I can see the error in my ways. There's things for me to work on. There are conversations that I feel should be had. I know for me, I wouldn't neglect someone that I held in regard. But again, I understand, even though it sucks and it hurts, that I may not have been as important
0: or, you know, so I, I get that if that's even the reality of it, right? Because again, I'm not a psychic. I can't read minds,
1: but... I'm just, again, holding space for different possibilities that these are things that, you know, I feel are important, you know, and and that it's just so much that we got to do. We got to do some work. We got to do some work. But I want you guys to take a step go
0: ahead and I have two different quizzes that I want you to take. Um, One of them gets a little bit more in depth. And the other one is like a four question quiz. And when it gets in depth, let me tell you, like, it's not like long at all, but take that one, too. So if you go to uh, the website, it's www.com. Brianna, that is B R I A N A, MacWilliam.com. So that's Brianna MacWilliam, that is M A C W I L L I A M.com. Once you go on her website, you can see where it shows uh, to take the quiz is four questions. And that one is what showed me that I was a Anxious attachment, right? But if you go to the quiz that I also took at www.theattachmentproject.com, that one goes a little bit more in depth. That one showed me to be a secure attachment, which, like I say, I've always been secure, but they get
1: fluid depending on who you're with. So take a chance. I don't love. Lord knows <laughs> I'll be trying, but uh definitely
0: send me some well wishes. Of course, I'm going to need them so I can get rid of this COVID. <laughs> Please and thank you. And uh yeah, take those quizzes. Like I say, it's www.briannamackwilliam.com. And then the other quiz is www.theattachmentproject.com. And let me know exactly, like, what your results were and if they matched on both or if they differed in, you know, just let me know. Because, you know, I love to have, like, that engagement from you guys and stuff and definitely keep me posted. Uh, Go ahead and follow me on Instagram again. That is at Kenny Heflin and at nude Radio 101 on Instagram, and also on Twitter. And if you have, like, screenshots, send me screenshots and tell me a story. Because why not? (laughs) But yeah, just let's see exactly, like, where we fall. And if we know certain people and certain things that have, like, these traits and, and attachment styles and whatnot. But I love you for loving me. And I cannot wait to hear from you all. And
1: uh, yes, happy holidays soon to come. Bye.